This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. Mark chapter 9. Verse 39, Jesus had said to them, Don't forbid him, for there is no one who will do mighty work in my name and be able quickly to speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is on our side. Jesus himself did indeed place limits on this idea back in Matthew 12, verse 30, when he stated, quote, He that is not with me is against me. Now, the word with means also after. So we could read it this way. He that is not after me is against me. Jesus is reminding us that unless we are on his team, indeed, we are in essence fighting against him. You see, it's not which church we belong to that is in question, but whether we belong to the church. Verse 41, For whoever will give you a cup of water to drink in my name because you are Christ, most certainly I tell you, he will in no way lose his reward. Whoever will cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble... It would be better for him if he were thrown into the sea with the millstone hung around his neck. Now Jesus, he had already called us to approach him and each other with what would be a childlike faith and interaction. He now goes on one step further to warn those who would take advantage of such a gentle heart. Please note that Our actions to serve the kingdom and please the Lord need not be grandiose. They just need to be genuine. So here we're warned about harming God's kids. It seems there have always been those who would take advantage of the love and the generosity of the residents of the kingdom of God. In fact, it seems that the world generates that kind of evil by the minute. Evil will always attempt to destroy God's saints. People who will move to draw the believers out of the fold and through false camaraderie attempt to entice them into sin. I guess there's nothing a worldly individual desires more than to have his company in his sin. Jesus, well, he's emphatic here. He says, if you bring one of my children into sin... You would be better off to have a millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the sea. Now you need to know that a millstone, well, a millstone is no small rock. In fact, a millstone is generally over a foot thick and is three to four feet across. You see, it's a stone that was pulled by an ox that would grind the grain into flour. So suddenly that picture becomes very vivid, doesn't it? Verse 43 of our text, If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having your two hands to go into henna into the unquenchable fire, where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into Gehenna into the fire that will never be quenched where the worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. 
Verse 47, if your eye causes you to stumble, cast it out. It is better for you to enter into God's kingdom with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into Gehenna's fire where their worm doesn't die and the fire is not quenched. You know, it's an always easy thing to look at others. But Jesus herein brings it all right to us. He wants us to look at ourselves. He wants us to look at ourselves as to the offenses we bring forth from our own depths. Okay, then, should we really cut off our hands and feet? I mean, should we pluck out our eyes? <laughs> if we did that, would any of us have any hands and feet and eyes left? Certainly, Jesus was not pro- promoting self-mutilation here. But as he often did, he spoke in hyperbole in an effort to clarify the height of his position. Our hands, they represent who we, what we do. And our feet, where we go. And our eyes, what we see. Several times in scripture, Jesus speaks in such extreme terms. We know back in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. However, let us not be quick to write this passage off as, well, mere extremism either. If Jesus was not emphatic concerning this issue, then why so severe? He absolutely intended that we heed this warning. Truth be told, to remove sin often requires extreme action on our part. Hardly what we would see promoted today, I mean, in an age that seems to accept Christianity that walks as close to the trouble as possible, But hell, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, awaits those who take, or fails to take, rather, extreme action in these things. Verse 49 of our text says, For everyone will be salted with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, then what will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Now this might seem rather like an ambiguous text, but in our lifetime, we will be salted or rather preserved by the fires of testing. You see, the fire destroys that which is perishable, but yet it preserves, it perfects that which is imperishable. It is his very holiness that perfects us. Every sacrifice we make for God will be salted, preserved for eternity. In Eastern lands, salt is also a pledge of loyalty and friendship and faithfulness to a promise. Finally, the picture is given in its fullness. We too are the salt. We keep the world from rotting. There is salt, or or flavor rather, in our lives that attracts the unbeliever, who lives attempting, it seems, to find some flavor in this world, but ultimately and eventually is left empty. And when we are gone, 
this world will be left to putrefy to its end. We will be gone and no longer here to not only flavor, but preserve. And Jesus is calling us today to do our job. Have salt in yourself. Do not lose that special gift of grace that God has given you. That was our daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim or JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.